everyone, and welcome to Minute 23 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we yippee our way through the 1980 Bruce Willis action movie, Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Lil Elliot, the... I Little keep getting it wrong. <laughs> Little Eddie O'Hare, formerly of the DCTV Report and Wicked Theory of... Wicked Theory podcast. I, I hope to get this right by the end of the week. I got I got two more shots after today. We'll have to wait and see. Welcome back to the show, Eddie. Hey, <laughs> how's it going? It's going great. I actually want to ask you a question first, okay? When 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 you know, I I was connected to you via uh, our mutual friend, uh, you know, Palmer, Jason Agent, from the uh, Agent, Agent Palmer. Palmer, yes, Agent Palmer from <laughs> from you know Jason from the the Agent Palmer uh, website. You know, mm-hmm. great podcast, a lot of fun. You know, he's he's got some great stuff over there. People should check that out. Just a quick plug yeah. for him. But he he's the one who who got the two of us together. And when I first heard your name, I was shocked. Okay, because on the the in the in the beginning of Planes, Trains, and Automobile at one point, so they mentioned the fact that uh, you know they're waiting for him that his plane to come in to O'Hare Airport. And so I did a little <laughs> bit of research. Okay, at the time. And do you, do you know who O'Hare is named after? It's yeah, named Ed, after Eddie yeah. Eddie O'Hare, Edward Butch O'Hare. Yeah, there you go. Are, are you related to him? Uh, no. Uh, the short the short story is probably not. Okay. Do, <laughs> do you know who his father was? His father was Al Capone's lawyer. Yes, and yes. he's actually the guy who snitched on Al Capone and ended yes. up getting killed because of it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So you you are aware of the fact that your name is. Quite famous. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I I have flown flown uh, through uh, O'Hare Airport uh, several times, and and almost every time uh, uh, I I walk in, I walk past security, or someone someone sees my ID, they they ask me if my nickname is Butch. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's why you have the the little on your name, you know, to differentiate <laughs> between Butch and and you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that that actually comes that because that's a, a Eddie is a common name in my family. My grandfather, uh, an uncle, and a cousin. There are four of us, and uh, the joke is that I'm the little one. Um, <laughs> okay. And... <laughs> are you? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? Okay. There um... <laughs> you go. <laughs> You're the youngest. You're the youngest. Yes, I'm the youngest. Yes. The youngest one, girls. Yeah, yeah. Well, because yeah, because it was also the kind of thing at any family party. If you called out Eddie, you'd have four heads, you know, turning back at you. So it right. had to be, you know, it was either Grandpa Ed or Uncle Eddie, or and it just for me, it just turned out everyone just called me Little Eddie. Okay, makes sense. It, it sounds like <laughs> yeah. a Sopranos family, but we won't we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no, that was no, interesting. No, yeah. I sorry. I, I I was just curious because it's to me. Eddie O'Hare is not a common name. Apparently for you, it is. It's something that you've grown up with that, that everyone in the family is named Eddie O'Hare. Oh, wait, are they all yeah. O'Hares? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, but oddly enough, everyone has different middle names, so there's no juniors. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. That's fair. So, okay. So, minute 23 begins with Carl dancing down the corridor and ends with Hans looking menacingly at uh, the the various party guests. So Mm. yesterday we ended the minute with Carl walking down the corridor, you know, and then he he adds a little uh, skip to his step along the way here. He's having a lot of fun. He's, you know, again, you know, Alexander Gudinov, a professional dancer, you know, going to meet his brother, Tony, who's who's also the actor 
uh, is mm -hmm. a professional dancer. So, you know, they're, they're, you know, and Andreas Wisniewski, Wisniewski, something like that. Yeah, it's funny. I, I looked at several interviews because I wanted to see, to, to see it. I couldn't find him saying his own name. I'd heard him uh, pronounced as Wisniewski and Vishnevsky. Um, well, he didn't <laughs> correct them, so that probably means something. You know, I keep correcting you, and your name is is a simple one. You know, I don't I don't need to try and you know blurt out the Polish uh, pronunciation you know, yes. or German. Actually, yes. it seems it looks more Polish than German, but you know, who knows? Well, he's yeah, I think he well he's from Germany. Um, right, right. He was yeah, born in yeah. Berlin. That that, mm -hmm. that I saw. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Carl walks down the 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 corridor and starts speaking in German. But it's funny because his German doesn't really sound very German because he goes. Hey, brother, you know, with, you know, <laughs> hi, brother, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's nice that they do this because it establishes the relationship between them, because up until now, we don't know their brothers, besides the fact that they, they're both uh, blonde hair, blue eyed. You know, Although and, I, I would say, I would almost say that dialogue is not even necessary, just because the attitude that, that Carl has here is like, all right, you've had your chance. It's time to get this party started. Yeah. And you the way that they interact here, uh uh <laughs> speaking as the oldest of three, uh, I recognize these sibling dynamics very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and and then uh, you know, Tony responds in he he rattles something off in German which we, we don't know. That, that's the thing I always find annoying, that a lot of times in movies, even if you're looking at the subtitles, they don't translate what people are saying. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, often so, they don't. <laughs> not, not in, well, apparently I've, I've heard that the, the German that they speak here is completely incorrect, you know, that, that they need to constantly be corrected, you know, that in Germany they had to dub all of the German lines into, you know, uh, um, in, into you know, words that people can actually understand because apparently it's gibberish what they're saying. Well, yeah, I will, because Goodenough is, is, is Russian. So right. I'm, I'm sure, you know, uh, they probably didn't, didn't, uh, you know, as, as big as the budget was for this movie, they probably didn't shell out for a, for a linguistics expert. Uh, probably not. Probably mm -hmm. not. And also, I mean, this, this isn't even in the script because of the change that, you know, within the script that the, originally yeah. the two of them together, they decided, okay, let's add in this fun little dynamic between these two brothers, you know, give them mm -hmm. a little bit of uh, tension between the two of them. Who knows? Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, what, what's interesting is, is you don't need to, as you said, you don't need to understand what, what it is that he's saying, but Tony is basically saying to him more or less, stop being so impulsive, just wait two minutes and it'll be done. You know, that type of thing, you know, mm -hmm. and Carl just doesn't care. You know, he, he just pulls out a chainsaw <laughs> and, you yep. know, starts it up and gets ready to roll, you know, that type of thing. So what do you know about chainsaws? <laughs> uh, I think I might have used them twice in my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, but I, I assume you're going you're gonna to tell me a, a cool little history about them. Of course, of course. <laughs> So the first electric chainsaw was was uh, invented in 1926. Okay. And um, they had corded chainsaws that uh, you know that people would use, but obviously uh, it works much much better as either a gas powered type or you know what with what they have now, you know that it's uh, cordless. They, it yes. Helps for uh, 
you know, if if there, there's 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 health and safety risk issues, <laughs> regardless, oh, of course. And it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> when you're using it or anything like that. So so basically, a chainsaw is a portable gasoline, electric, or battery powered saw that cuts with a set of teeth attached to a rotating chain driven along a guide bar. It's used in activities such as tree felling, limbing, bucking, pruning, cutting fire breaks in wildland fire suppression, and harvesting of firewood. Chainsaws were specifically designed, bar and chain combinations have developed as tools for use in chainsaw art and chainsaw mills. Specializing, uh, specialized chainsaws are used for cutting concrete during construction developments. Chainsaws are sometimes used for cutting ice when using in ice sculptures, you know, like in uh, uh, Groundhog Day. We yes, get to see uh, yes. him using a little that. But it's also used in surgery. They have types of chainsaws. You know, not not Texas Chainsaw Massacre type of surgeries. No, but, no, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> they have what's known as a flexible saw, which has a fine serrated link chain that's held between two wooden handles. And that they actually have been using that since the, the late 1700s. Wow. You know, in order to, to, to try to use it in surgery. Mm. Um, it's also it's mostly used for for cutting wood. That's what's mostly uh, people people are more familiar with the fact that people cut cut wood. Um, yes. The Germans actually uh, uh, created some some very good versions of it. And after World War II, the in America they had a lot of problems during World War II because uh, most of the chainsaws that were coming from Germany they couldn't get in North America. So they had to start mm. uh, creating their own in America. And you have the, the company known as uh, uh, Outboard Marine Corporation, which is the oldest manufacturer of chainsaws in North America. Okay. Okay. Uh, obviously, people, you, you have to have chainsaw sharpeners, not just the chainsaw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So in, even in the 21st century, the most common type of chainsaw is still the uh, gasoline-driven ones. Right? Okay, but but now they have a lot that have uh, lithium batteries, and those are are becoming more and more popular because uh, the cordless ones are usually smaller and are suitable for for hedge trimming and tree surgery and things like that. Not for not for big jobs. You know, it's a, yes. it's a more handy thing for people to use. You know, in their house. So and apparently in 2024 there are actually going to be restrictions in some states including california which are gonna uh they're having restrictions on gas-powered gardening equipment which is gonna cause a little bit of problems so uh yeah so if yeah. you're in california yeah you might want to start thinking about getting a cordless one uh, you gotta love you gotta love those regulators anyway <laughs> of course <Completely. laughs> yeah yeah well i and uh i i know there are certain chainsaws uh and I, we we talked about a buzz saw a couple episodes ago where they've actually developed the technology where the blades are sensitive enough that if it if it comes into contact with a softer substance than wood or metal um that it will actually automatically stop right that's what so, they use to like take off uh casts you know, like yes. my, my son broke it, broke his leg a few years ago. And, you know, the doctor wanted to show him how to, and he said, give me your hand. And, you know, he put mm -hmm. the, he turned it on and put the blade on the hand and it didn't do anything. Yeah. You know, it, it stops. So that, that's really cool that it, that it does have that, but I don't, I don't want to be the, the one person that that doesn't work for, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, even, even things you still stay problem. away from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wonders of technology. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, completely. <laughs> so mm -hmm. at this point, 
we we get uh, Tony screaming back at him, basically telling him, no, 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 nine, 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 nine. Mm-hmm. And he, 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 he's trying to get him to stop. Nope, nope. But he doesn't care. Nope, nope. He just cuts right into that thing. Which which of the brothers do you think is supposed to be older? Um, I would, I would, I would guess Carl. Um, but that that's mainly uh based on size. Um, right. I mean, later uh, on there is a point where John says, uh, "You should have heard your little brother squeal." But again, that that that's just supposition on on uh, McLean's part. I don't think he yeah. knows definitively if mm-hmm. that really is his, his younger brother or not. Yeah, good enough. Cause, looks looks older. Yeah, I mean, I, I I read somewhere where it's supposed to be the opposite, but I I don't really know. Yeah, you know? and I, I don't I don't think that particularly matters. No, it doesn't um, doesn't at all. But yeah. well, actually, it does because if you think about the dynamic here between what the two of them are doing, mm-hmm. you know, the way that 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 Carl is is uh, badgering his brother. You know, that's something that an older brother would do to a younger brother and generally not vice versa, because the that's younger true. brother would be, you know, more concerned that his older brother is going to come and beat the crap out of him, you know, mm-hmm. if he does things like that. Now, I mean, Gudenov is 10 years older, mm-hmm. but again, it still doesn't mean anything because uh, that's the actor, not the character. So yeah. we're, we're not, not yeah. really sure about that. But mm-hmm. Carl just doesn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> and and then we see that he you know he has this this chainsaw that's that's working and he starts cutting through the pipes and we see all the sparks coming out and stuff like that and mm-hmm. we we see Tony then start working quicker you know taking the alligator clips and trying to you know uh trying trying to make the last cut before before uh Carl gets through all of those uh conduits above him you know he's sweating even more at this point and stuff like that I mean, there there is a little bit of a, a goof here. If I don't know if you noticed, but when they show him cutting into the conduit, so we see he cuts through two of them really quickly, and then they show us Tony, and we see Tony for a few seconds, and then when you come back, he's still in the same place. He hasn't gotten very far, yeah. even though it's it's a very it theoretically should be a very quick, you know, back to the Star Wars reference. You know, if you have a lightsaber, it just goes right through. This isn't, yeah. you know. We're we're not talking about the the chainsaw doesn't have to do that much work to try to get through all those conduits. Mm-hmm. So yes, don't know. You know, it take, <laughs> takes him a little little too much time to to get through them, I guess. And, takes as long. Yeah, and and as as Tony's working on it, you see all these things like like falling on him from above. You know, little <laughs> little little bits and pieces from from the uh, from the wires, I guess, inside or stuff like that. It looks like confetti a little bit. Yeah. And what do you think Tony is scrambling to do? Like what, why? Cause it, it seems like he's trying to make sure that something happens before Carl gets all the way through. Right. I'm, well, I'm wondering... as, as we discussed yesterday, I think his whole idea here is to try to make it that if someone calls, the phone will just ring as opposed mm-hmm. to if, if, if he doesn't do the work that he's trying to do, then they might get some sort of signal that the the line is discon- disconnected. Ah, that would okay. be, that would be yeah. my explanation of it. That the idea is, is okay, let people call, the phone will ring, but it's not going to get anywhere. As yeah, opposed yeah, to but... getting a bit getting a busy signal all the time or getting a signal saying mm-hmm. the the number you have dialed has been disconnected. You know that. Yeah, and 
And you also don't want anyone in the building getting to a phone and being able to call out to the police. Right. Or to a limo driver down in the basement. Yes. Because <laughs> everyone's very concerned about that. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, we we actually show Carl, you know, once again. And he looks like he's, uh, you know, just finishing finishing going through all those pipes. He's got a big smile on his face. He's very satisfied for what he's been able to do, you know, and he really doesn't give a crap. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he wants to get right upstairs where the phone is. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we get a shot of, of John who's looking at the phone, trying to figure out why it doesn't work anymore. And then he goes, our girl. And then we get a shot of our girl going, Mac, you there? Hello. <laughs> and then once again, we get a shot of Tony and Carl. Carl is, is, you know, still smiling and laughing, and Tony looks at him angrily. And then Carl just basically just walks away. And then we get another shot of Argyle, who looks at the phone and goes, you know the number. You use it. <laughs> and just hangs it up. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Argyle doesn't need to talk to John. He doesn't. <laughs> no. No, he's having enough fun with the with the bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, his, his boss thinks he's on his way to Vegas. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and then the the shot completely changes. We get we get the classical music again. We're back to you know the the nice classical music uh, of of the party, which is it's, uh, it, it's Beethoven, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Beethoven's fifth, I believe, if I remember yeah. correctly. Oh, and, uh, Yes. Mm-hmm. And basically, I love how the music is playing, and we get to see all of the 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 bad guys, you know, scrunched into this elevator. You know, you have uh, let's see how many how many bad guys do they have in the elevator? They should have twelve in the elevator. Oh no, sorry, they should have ten in the elevator because you have Tony and Carl in the basement. You have Eddie at the front desk. Yes, and that's it. So everyone else should be there. You know, even though we don't see Theo, he should be there with them. Well, point. is it po- is it possible some of them are using the freight elevators to uh, get the detonators up to the roof? It is possible, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I was we don't say, see exactly how many are here, but it looks like they're they're pretty much scrunched in there. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, ten people in any elevator is a really tight squeeze. Um, but come on, this is not going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it must be some elevator. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Right. I mean, I think we can see like six of them. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm. Yeah. I'm looking at one wide shot. You see, Hans looking forward in the foreground. There's one person um, next to him who's looking in the other direction. And then one, two. Yeah. There's five people uh, and a gun in this shot. So yeah, I'm thinking right. six people. Yeah. There's probably mm-hmm. six in here. And again, so if there's ten, that means there's two that are going to some. But but one of the things also is Theo blocked off all of the elevators except for one. So mm. that would also be a little strange, unless the well, elevator is going to go up another flight at this point. You mm-hmm. know, afterwards, I don't know. I mean, we don't see what happens to the elevator afterwards. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because I'm thinking like the main elevators are different from like the freight elevators, which would have been right. like where the where the truck was. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. No, but they walked very far from the freight elevators because the freight elevator mm-hmm. doesn't go all the way up. The freight elevator just goes, you know, into mm-hmm. – uh, it's in the basement. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. 
Mm. We'll, we'll have to, to keep an eye out and look for that. Yeah. 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 Right. I'm thinking of something that's going to happen in a, in a day or two. Yeah. We'll talk about it when we, when we get there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at this point, you know, first of all, they're they're all checking their weapons. They're all, you know, some of them are pulling weapons out of out of their little sports bags and stuff like that. And we can see that uh, just about all of them have what is known as an MP5, which is a, mm. a a German weapon. This movie made this weapon very popular, and it's mostly used. It's used in most movies because it's a somewhat compact uh, automatic weapon. You know, it's uh, smaller than an M16. It's uh, it was the MP5, which is known in German as a machine pistol five. Okay, it uh, was made by uh, H&K Heckler and Koch in Germany. Okay, in the 1960s. Hmm. Okay, and it's uh, it is currently the most widely used submachine gun in the world. There are more wow. than 40 countries and numerous material law. Military, law enforcement, intelligence, and security organizations that have that as their primary weapon. Hmm. Okay, many SWAT teams in America now use it, um, even though M16s are starting to come back uh, to be used by those uh, SWAT teams and stuff like that. Yeah. So the, the 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 gun itself that they use here is uh, the truth is it's not even an, an MP5. Which is very funny. It's it's meant to look like an MP5. It's it's an HK94, which is a semi-automatic carbine rifle, and they they chop down the barrels and convert mm. them to make them look like the MP5, but they actually aren't. So Interesting. I, 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 I like that say, as a little bit of yeah. trivia about that. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks it looks more like a rifle than a machine gun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, later yeah. on we we get to see a real rifle. You know when when Carl, you know, gets the the sniper rifle to try to 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 get John. But you know, the, the, this is mostly used in in many movies because of the fact that it's it's a small and compact type of uh, weapon. That yeah. you know, the, for instance, you have the Uzi, which is also a small compact weapon, but the Uzi and the Mac Ten jam a lot quicker than this type of thing. So I guess it's more efficient to be using it. You know, I'm I'm not really a uh, gunsmith, so uh, you know, I I only play one on TV. No, as they say. So you know, don't really <laughs> don't really have an explanation as to why this happened, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. so it is in this movie. Well, <laughs> I I will tell you one safety one safety issue. Uh, the the freeze frame I have now is at 51 seconds, and um, uh, the uh, the chain uh, of the uh, the shoulder strap that goes underneath the rifle. Um, is in a way that right now it's it's right in front yes. of the muzzle. So I hope okay, I mean, you see that, that the clip be... is on the left hand side, but the muzzle, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's uh, not the most yeah. efficient way to do it. But usually the the strap <laughs> is is held on the other side of it. You know, it's on the the upper side of it, not the lower side. So just the way, and I yeah. would also say safety wise, his gun is pretty much almost in Hans's head. You know that that might have ended everything <laughs> a lot quicker. Mm, well, yeah, it wouldn't have killed him, but it would have deafened him for sure. Uh, that's for sure, <laughs> completely. There's no question about that one. Um, but uh, you know, we see, we see also that the elevator's on the 29th floor, and then we see it change to the 30th floor. You know, they're 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 definitely getting ready. And then 
I love the ending shot of this minute because, you know, we, we see the, the elevator from the party itself. You know, the doors open. Nobody is paying any attention to who's coming out of the elevator. And then you have, you know, two of these guys slink out to the side. It, it looks, it looks like it's being shot in slow motion, but yes. it's not. They're actually just very deliberately Trying to be quiet. doing it. So that, <laughs> yes. Nobody should hear us. <laughs> you know, I mean, I love how, how you have uh, Marco, you know, move over. And then you have the, the, the guy underneath. I, I always forget his name, but he always reminds me of Peter Brady. I call him Peter Brady. The, the guy on the, yes. the left. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about him <laughs> later on uh, in, in the movie. When, when we have, you know, more more scenes with him. But, you know, it's, it's just really funny. And, and the and, two of them move off to the sides as, you know, we get we get Hans, you know, coming out in the middle of them, perfectly center-framed, and then looking out at everybody. And everyone's just continuing with their party. Nobody cares. Yeah. Who cares that there are people that, coming that, out of the, the elevator yeah. with, with machine guns? Alan Rickman's face. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, there's so much yeah. in that face. He's, he's completely menacing here, but he also knows what he wants and you know knows what he's going to be doing. And that, and the smallest wry smile yes. on his lips. Completely perfect. <laughs> um, all right. You have anything else for this minute before we get into the uh, script? No. Right. no okay. So it. the the only difference in the script is there's an extended conversation between Argyle and John. Okay, so so John okay. had said at the end of yesterday's minute, the vote's not in yet. So Argyle responds, vote's not in yet? What's that supposed to mean? What do you want? All my children? We're making progress. After I get my foot out of my <laughs> mouth, we'll really be cooking. And then I can. And then it says, he stops and gently taps the phone cradle. No dial tone. So, he, you know, he gets cut off in the middle. So then they, you see Argyle looking at the phone. And Argyle goes, what? Mr. Mac, you there? He turns on the music, but there is no one on the line. And then Argyle says to himself, well, call me back, John. You got the number. He hangs up and turns the volume back up. And then we're, we get another shot in Ellis's office. McLean hangs up the original phone and then tries the other one on the desk. It, too, is dead. So uh, that's a nice touch, mm. which, you know, would have been nice to see. You know, that we, I mean, we get the idea, obviously, that the phone lines have been cut because we see it. But it would have been fun to see yeah. him, you know, try another phone at the same time to see if the, you know, if that was also cut off. And then a slight description at the end of, of the uh, the villains coming out of the elevator. It says, Hans and the others approaching the 30th floor. As they grow closer, we hear the noise of the speakers growing louder and louder. The men cock their weapons and brace themselves as the car stops and the elevator doors open. And that's pretty much how the, the minute ends in the script. Yeah. Ooh. So you mentioned before about, uh, about uh, Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber. So the segment that we do every Wednesday is Hans Hump Day, where where my guests will get to tell us their top five uh, Alan Rickman performances. So what have, what have you got for cool. us today? Well, I mean, you know, I think I mean Die Hard is the obvious choice. Uh, that that's you know, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to mix. It no, up first of all, first of all, uh, I you want know. you to have Die Hard on your list if you think that's what it is. This isn't an ex, you know <laughs> I, I don't want you to be excluding Die Hard. You know that that's part of what we're trying. <laughs> no, that's what we're trying to show here. Well, I 
Well, I, I would just say Alan Rickman is an incredible actor, and I, I, I would like to showcase, um, you know, some some works that people might not be aware of. You can showcase them, but, um, but, but the point is, is that yeah. that in you know on the final episode of this season, I'll be tallying up, you know, what everyone thinks is is his best performance, and if you leave Die Hard off of that list, you know, it's not going to get its points. <laughs> Even though you think, no, oh, especially okay. if you think it should be. If you don't think it should be on the list, that's fine too. So you can do what mm-hmm. you did uh, the other day. Just add an honorable mention if that's what you want to do. You okay. can still highlight All one right. of his so, performances. Well, you know, it just won't get any points. <laughs> well, then fine. Then my honorable mention for 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 this would be uh, would be Eye in the Sky uh, from 2015, which is one of Alan Rickman's final, uh, final yeah. performances. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, uh, that. Uh, uh, where he plays a uh, a British general, and the the movie's about a um, uh, British American uh, uh, op- drone operation where they're they're tracking terrorists in Afghanistan, and uh, really just the the in the final moments of the movie, uh, uh, Rickman dresses down a a British politician uh, and bas- basically tells her, um, you know, not to lecture soldiers about the cost of war. Uh, and just that moment, uh, you know, I, I thought was a great send off. Yeah. Rickman. Um, uh, another one is, uh, uh, so I guess fifth place, uh, cause I've already said Die Hard's going to, would be my number Don't one. Don't spoil it. So Don't fifth spoil place, it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fifth place, fifth place would be Bottle Shock from 2008, uh, where he plays a wine expert uh, who goes to California in 1976 to bring California wines to Paris uh, for a tasting contest. Wow, I've never seen that. Uh, Sounds interesting. Yes, yes, yeah. That very funny, and you see, uh, you see a young Chris Pine um, is also in that movie, and uh, it's before he played Captain Kirk. Ooh, so uh, you kind of, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next, uh, I put down here the Harry Potter films, uh, just, you know, as, a, as, as a whole, uh, cause I just kind of, I think of that as one performance. If I was going to say one film from that, it would probably be a Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two. Uh, cause that's really w- when you find out, uh, you know, Severus Snape's, uh, real, uh, focus and, and the, the truth behind his character yeah. for the story. Um, uh, second would be Dogma uh, from 1999, directed by Kevin Smith, uh, where he plays the, the an angel who's the voice of God, uh, and I think he's he's very clever, has some some great dry wit in that. Um, and uh, 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 the next, or I guess my number my number two would be Galaxy Quest, uh, where he plays. Uh, Galaxy Quest, which is uh, sort of a uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by Rathgar's hammer, I stab at thee. Um, and I think I think he's just brilliant in that. I I, I think he's he he can handle comedy just as well as he does yeah. drama. Uh yes. And before you know, number one, I think you know again what what a menacing great villain. Uh, in 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 Die Hard and uh, Alan Rickman, rest in peace. I hope he's up there in heaven, sitting on a beach, earning twenty percent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know because <laughs> we all thought he, he mm-hmm. you know, they're they're going through the rubble trying to find him. You know. <laughs> all right. 
Great. So you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you, Eddie? Sure. Yeah. Uh, at I'm on Twitter at Lil Eddie O'Hare, uh, and uh, uh, you could you know check out my previous work. Uh, I used to co-host the DC TV Report with Sarah Netsley, uh, where we talked about all D- television shows based on DC Comics and uh, the Wicked Theory, uh, the Wicked Theory podcast uh, with Bill Sweeney. I was one of the gaggle of of people on that. And uh, I have another project that I don't really want to talk about too much now, but just uh, I'm hoping to have it uh, off the ground by the end of the year. So keep your eyes peeled. Excellent. Looking forward to that. And while you're doing that, you can rate, review, and subscribe on any podcast you might be using to listen to this show. And finding me is very simple. Just a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Or you can go to my website. So, Eddie, if you like coming back again tomorrow and uh, – Finding out what happens with, with you know, how they're going to break up this party. Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. So until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. yippee ki